Welcome to Hearing God with Gary and Jane Berry. Do you want to grow in your intimacy with Father God, Holy Spirit and Jesus? Join us as we share insights and practical tips that you can apply today. Hi, I'm Gary Berry and together with my wife Jane, we host Hearing God, a podcast that helps people hear from God. Today we are looking at some guidelines or protocols for prophesying. In episode 5, we shared that a prophetic word is hearing or receiving something from God for someone else. It is hearing God's heart for someone. We emphasize that a prophetic word should not take the place of hearing God for yourself, but often confirms what God has already revealed to you. An extremely important principle is from 1 Corinthians 14.3, which says, But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging and comfort. So it'd be fair to say, Gary, that our first guideline for prophesying is 1 Corinthians 14.3. If it's not strengthening, encouraging and comforting, don't say it. Just zip it. (laughs) Now, we unpack this in episode 5, so we encourage you to go back and listen to that. In episode 6, we looked at what to do if you get a negative prophetic word. So if you haven't already listened to those episodes, go back, listen, and it just gives you some tips on how to turn something that you sense may be negative into positive. It may seem like we're repeating ourselves, but this is such a vital guideline or principle. Mulling over what guidelines there are for prophesying, I know there are lots of great protocols out there. One in particular that I find or we find very helpful is the one that our church at Stairway has. They have one called HEART. It's an acronym, H-E-A-R-T. So the H for heart is God's heart, communicating his heart, his thoughts, his affections, his feelings towards the person. So the next one is E. So we go back to 1 Corinthians 14.3, encouraging, comforting, strengthening. Then the A is appropriate permission or touch or language, tone or timing. So just because we sense a prophetic word for someone doesn't mean to say they want it. We need to ask permission and say, look, I just sense something from God for you. Would you like me to share it with you? And that can say no. And that means zip it. Do not (laughs) tell them. There's a lot of times we need to zip it, Jane. So the touch and timing, so touch, you don't need to touch people. The language and the tone, the way we express stuff, if we've got a frown on our face and we say, God loves you, it's not communicating God's love at all. And also appropriate timing. So R is quite short. Record the prophetic word. Just pull your phone out. Everyone's got a phone and record it. T is being together in community. 1 Corinthians 13.9, we know in part and we prophesy in part. So being part of a community for the more completed word, but also being part of a believing Christian community where we're growing in maturity, we're not becoming a cultural, taking things out of context from the Bible and becoming quite weird in our thoughts and beliefs. All right, so we can narrow it down to three key principles. First point, Jane. Was 1 Corinthians 14.3, which we've talked about a lot. 
The second is communicating God's heart for the person. And the third, keep everyone safe. So the second principle or guideline in prophecy is communicating God's heart for the person. So that underlying principle is love. And I like what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 2. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have the faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. So encounter God's heart first and speak out of that love for people. So it's really seeing the person how God sees them rather than others seeing them and just sharing God's heart and affection for the person. Our goal of prophecy is to accurately represent or present God. We seek to convey his loving nature, to use his tone, pace, language, gestures, demeanour, regard for the person. Another area is to chase healing, my own healing. The more I'm healed and whole, the cleaner, the greater capacity I have to clearly hear from God. None of my stuff gets in the way. So Gary, we want to make God look great and not the person prophesying look great. So a great question to ponder on is, why am I wanting to give a prophetic word to that person? So prophecy is an invitation. So avoid putting demands on the person by using should or must statements. An example of this is, I sense God wants to show you many hidden truths in the Bible rather than you need to read the Bible more. The other area is never embarrass. So be fair to say we're speaking identity and then character and then destiny. Gary, can everyone prophesy? God's heart is for everyone to communicate with him. Everyone has the ability to hear God and to prophesy. Joel chapter 2 verse 28, 29 says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. So prophesying is not just for people with a special gifting. It is for all. It is inclusive. Everyone can prophesy. Prophesying identity and who God sees a person as is so vital because we can't do something if we don't believe we are that person. So in Judges 6, the angel prophesied to Gideon and told him he was a mighty warrior, even though he was cowering in the wine press and he was not manifesting this in his life experience. The angel told him who he really was, his identity as a mighty warrior. After Gideon was told that, he was then told what he would do which was save the nation. Prophesying clear identity statements from the Father's heart is so beneficial. So speaking how God sees the person. Yeah. I can remember a number of years ago being very accurate and concise and meeting all the criteria. And actually, I became quite proud of the fact that I could give a prophetic word very well which was totally wrong and I had to repent of that but I can remember that I didn't carry the father's heart for the person I wasn't getting God's love and seeing the person through God's eyes for the person I was giving this prophetic word that 
was very clinical, met all the criteria, but didn't carry the heart. Well, I know, Jane, you're a highly qualified nurse. We've mentioned about you being a coronary care nurse. You do need to be very concise, very specific, very accurate in all that you do. So what you were doing was you were, it was almost that you were speaking out of your professional work, but you had to almost put some of those skills and abilities that you had to one side and develop a greater No, I still needed to be concise and accurate. It was more the heart, how it was carried. Another time, I can remember prophesying when I was really tired. We'd had a late night the night before and at the end of the service up the front in pairs and people come forward for a prophetic word and they record it. There'd been a large number of people that had come and towards the end of the time and I was I was tired and I saw this lady come. She'd been involved in another ministry and so it came late and my mind went into, I can be quite judgmental and something I, I'm working on and I just judged her and I just was like, oh God, this lady is coming every month. This is, she needs to hear God for herself. But I realised I had a real judgmental and critical spirit and so I actually excused myself from that situation and I asked another leader to come and step in for me because I knew that it was too hard to convey the Father's heart at that stage. I needed to deal with some stuff within myself. I believe now you really do carry the Father's heart or really the Mother's heart. Wherever you go, whatever you do, Jane, you seem to have an extra dose of grace towards people. It's just been amazing over the years to see God develop that in you. Thanks for that. I appreciate that. Our third principle is keeping people safe, both ourselves and the person we're prophesying over. So an excellent way of keeping people safe is to record it or have another person, a third person present for accountability. I can remember a time when a word that I'd given someone was taken out of context. So when I speak or write words, I usually don't remember them afterwards. There's a few that I remember, but usually don't remember them. And I'd written on a Christmas card this prophetic word for a person about them being a leader of a group in the future. This person took it out of context and went to the leader of the current group and shared some stuff. And then the leader came to me and said, Jimmy, what on earth did you say to her? I shared, I've got no idea, but it's on the Christmas card. Can you ask her to look at that? They looked at that and realised, ah, it had taken out of context. So the word actually has come true, but many years later, it kept me safe, but also prophetic word written or recorded can keep someone else safe. So when a prophetic word is recorded, it keeps the receiver safe because it helps them to be able to judge it. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 20 to 21, it says, Do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all. Hold on to what is good. So they can hear the word back and ensure that it lines up with God's nature, lines up with scripture, and it lines up with what else God may be saying to them. Just because we have a prophetic word doesn't mean it will come to true. We need to partner with that. And that will be something we'll be unpacking in a future episode. Once again, there's going to be a few things we're going to be unpacking in future (laughs) episodes, Jane. 
look at people through spiritual eyes, not physical eyes, and never presume that they want to receive a prophetic word. Always ask permission first. I can remember being involved in a ministry and praying with this person and seeing them healed of at least five major physical health issues. And I flippantly commented to this person that the only thing left for God to heal was this person's psychiatric illness. The person went quiet for a little while and then he shared he didn't really want God to heal that as it would mean too many changes for them and he would lose the disability pension. I know it's different with praying for people, but we never know the person's situation fully. Another thing we need to be careful of with safety is using clean language. So avoiding using absolutes like God said. It's almost uh, can border a bit on spiritual abuse because it doesn't give the person a way out places a heavy burden on them and it doesn't bring freedom. So back to that 1 Corinthians 13 verse 9, we know in part, we prophesy in part, we don't know the full picture. So even if we may be 100% sure that God said something, we still don't say it. We still don't say God said. We say just sense or I feel or you may even say I sense God is saying. But to say God said, does not give the person a way out. So really softening the language, it's providing some wriggle room, some room for them to move so they're not feeling under the heavy burden of, of this word. As we said earlier, the choice of language, expression, demeanour and tone in conveying the prophecy must reflect the Father God's heart and nature. We make a mess by saying something that the person takes offence to or just as plain wrong, an example might be prophesying about their children when they have none, then just clean up your mess by apologising. It's generally safest to avoid prophesying about babies and life partners as the effects of a wrong prophecy in that area can be really painful. I've done the wrong thing here. I've prophesied before about someone having children by the end of the year and that was wrong and that was so hurtful for me to do that. We're at a wedding and at the end of the service, this prophet gave a word that the couple would have three children. The first would be a son. So when this lady got pregnant, I went out and bought her something blue to congratulate her. And I was quite shocked when the baby was a girl. Even though this world-class prophet had said it, still can get it wrong. Yes. So when we're prophesying, it's great to admit any prior knowledge before we do it. So if I know someone's quite a creative person and the prophetic word I get has to do with creativity, I'll actually say, look, I know that you are creative and I feel God saying this. Just be wary of people who research like on Facebook profiles and stuff people before they prophesy over them. It's not on. It's like chasing wealthy people to give a prophetic word to or falsely encouraging or flattering people. We're wanting to point the person to God and glorify God and not focus on ourselves. We don't want to use the prophetic as a platform to expound our own personal doctrines or thoughts or 
hobby horses. Prophecy always agrees with the Bible. It never contradicts it. We also have to be careful of of who we're prophesying over, whether it's people, businesses, cities, governments or nations, and our responsibility. So beware of your limitations, your maturity and your authority. Romans 12, 6 says, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. So if you prophesy over a business and get it wrong, there could be huge financial implications. So just be careful of how you go about prophesying. So, Jane, probably the number one area to be really safe about when speaking is children. What are your thoughts on that? I know you have some very uh, good thoughts on that. Yeah, I'm really passionate about prophesying over children. Always, always, always have a parent, guardian or leader present. It's for the child's safety. They can take words out of context. They can not know what a word means or it can have double meaning. And also the parent can help steward the word. And it's just being child safe to begin with. So anyone, especially those under 16, we don't want to place a huge responsibility or expectations upon a child. Just be mindful of the words and the language used. So no lofty promises. So for a 12-year-old, you wouldn't say they're going to change world poverty. In fact, you wouldn't say that to anyone. You know, or a future prime minister. Instead, what you could say is a leadership gifting that could be grown so they can impact people and that they may find themselves in groups where they will be the leader. That makes sense to a child of, of 12 years old. So our daughter, when she was 13, was told that she would be building orphanages and rescuing sex trafficked girls, even though we'd had a bit to do with sex trafficked girls through mission trips we'd been on. That was a huge burden and it actually was quite off-putting for her. And words can have different meanings for different people. I know someone who was new to the prophetic who said to our kids around that time, to our son, that he was like a Swiss army knife. This guy said, I've got no idea what this means and I think I'm wrong, but I just sense that you're like a Swiss army knife. And we just burst out laughing because our son had a Swiss army knife and he carried it everywhere he went. And said to our daughter, I get nothing for you, but I just, do you love swimming? I just send something about swimming for you and she's like oh, I'm a squad swimmer so things that may not mean stuff to us may really resonate with the person I love to say to people does this resonate with you and I want to give them the opportunity one of three things either if they think it's perhaps not for this season they can put it on the shelf for later or if they think it's rubbish they can throw it in the bin or thirdly they can step into it. So our daughter, she was told that she'd be able to help people who couldn't figure out maths and who had the hardest time with that, and that she would have a way of breaking it down to help people understand it. Well, at that stage, she was nearing the end of secondary school and wondering what she would do at uni. So she enrolled in a teaching course and realised, no, that's not for her. 
And I'm like, oh, this is interesting about the maths. I was thinking perhaps she might be a maths teacher from the prophetic word. Not long ago, she came home from uni and just in passing, she just said, oh, that had been uh, looking at statistics in research in the psychological subjects she was studying and none of her fellow students had been able to work out you know how to analyze the statistics and she'd shown them a really easy way and I went oh the prophetic words come true even though at the time we thought oh this doesn't make sense later on looking back it has come true right so that's where it's good to record it so at least you can relate back to the words in relation to a church or ministry if we have a word for them it can be good to record it or even write it down and submit it to the leadership first to get their perspective on it to understand the timing that needs to be given the accuracy what their thoughts are about it prophesying over people is exciting and rewarding and a privilege but it also carries with it the weight of responsibility. Keeping these points in mind mean that you'll be able to release the Father's heart in a way which reflects who God is more accurately. So as we come near the end today, the prophetic activation, which is purely helping us practice hearing from God for ourselves, is turning our heart, our thoughts towards God and just saying, Jesus, what vehicle or mode of transport do you see me as is why? Jesus, what vehicle or mode of transport do you see me as is and why? The sort of vehicle, the purpose, where it goes, how it operates, the fuel required for it, the people that may carry. Ask God questions and just ask him how it applies to how he sees you. So last episode, we introduced a new section in response to your questions. Both of us have asked God what he would love to say to someone listening today. Gary, do you want to go first? Well, I saw a tunnel. It wasn't just a black tunnel, but there was a light at the end of the tunnel. And that light was really focusing on gold. And I asked God, what is that about? What are you wanting to say to, to someone today? I sense that there are people that are in a tunnel, that there is that light at the end of the tunnel, that as they're coming out of this tunnel, they're going to experience a greater depth of hope, of joy, of peace, that they will be strengthened, comforted and encouraged for the season ahead. Wow. As I was asking God, I just saw this fruit bowl filled with luscious, delicious-looking fruit, all different fruit, and there was such a variety. Just saw you being there and saying, oh, which fruit? There's so many choices here. And I felt it may apply to your life. There may be a decision or some decisions you need to make, and you're really unsure, but I sensed, no, you really know. You really know which decision It may be that you're more concerned about what other people may think about it, about what the implications will be. And I just sense God just encouraging you to go for it. Just make the decision. Just go for it. That he's there as that safety net behind you. Gary, would you like to pray? Father God, we just want to thank you for your love. 
the way in which you love each one of us as individuals, that you love everything about us. You love our quirkiness. You love our strength. Father, just may we develop a greater capacity to hear from you and speak life, speak encouragement, speak blessing into people's lives today through hearing your heart for people. Father, I just want to thank you now for what you want to say in us and through us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. We would love you to subscribe to our podcast on your favourite podcast listening app and rate and review it. If you have any questions about hearing God, please go to our website, garyandjane.co, and submit your questions there. In our next episode, we will share some hot tips for practicing and growing your prophetic ability. Thank you.